often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 532. I am your host, Josh Albrecht. Recording once again inside the Slapbox Penthouse. Living it up. Living the high life. Man. I I mean, I'm really living the high life. I just got back from Casey's. There's the general store, the uh, gas station, if you will. Got me a slice of sausage pizza. So I'm a rewards member, damn it. And I had like $2 in rewards. So I did that. Got a Red Bull because I'm fucking tired from working a lot of overtime this week. And uh, need a little boost. And it's I'm doing things a little fucking weird. I'm not. It's not a Saturday as I'm recording this. It is a Thursday night. Might be the first time I recorded one on a Thursday. Although perhaps not. I know in the past... When I went on vacation, there was there might have been a Thursday in there, because I know on one of maybe the uh, six times or whatever the fuck it was, I think it's six times I left the country. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's six times. I had to count it. Okay, I I feel like I did like a Thursday night or maybe like a Wednesday night show before. Don't quote me on that. I have to go back, and that was a long time ago. But uh, different circumstances tonight as I'm recording this. I was going to record it on Friday night, um, thinking I had a little bit more time. Of course, I've been bringing it up the last, uh, I don't know, a while on the podcast. (laughs) It's been a while. Several episodes I've mentioned this. But uh, my sister is running the Ozark Trail Race, which uh, starts this Saturday. Um that is the uh, 29th of October. And uh, it's a, of course, a 100-mile trail race. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how long it's going to take her to do it, but I, I had uh, promised to uh, pace her back last fucking uh, winter. It was uh, Christmas, I believe. I'd, I uh, Christmas Day, I believe I promised to, to pace her. And I'm not like a technical trail runner. You know, I, that is, uh, I stay away from them. I've had injuries on trails. Not a lot of luck. There's a lot of rocks and things that don't like me on trails. There's <laughs> there's tree roots. As I learned, uh, the, again, the hard way after training to pace. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> getting messages about the race and stuff. Um. But there's, uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, getting a little distracted on, uh, what, a, uh, meals for the race. But, uh, anyway, so, uh, I got, uh, yeah, I'm not in the trails are, they're foreign to me. I feel like Joni Mitchell, I believe it was Joni Mitchell that sang about, uh, they paved paradise, uh, paved paradise to put up a parking lot. <laughs> I believe that was Joni Mitchell. I'd have to, I'd really have to ask the internets. Um, but uh, to me, it's more like they, the pavement was the paradise. 
because for me, as far as running is concerned, I way prefer <laughs> asphalt. <laughs> um, but uh, that is Big Yellow Taxi was the name of that song, um, which is <laughs> was it? Jo- yeah, Joni Mitchell. Okay, I thought I thought that's who that was. But that's a that's a classic one. Great song. Great song. But uh, again, I I feel like at least in running terms, look, I get I I like being outdoors. I hate camping. I don't want to sleep in a fucking on the ground. I don't even like sleeping on fucking futons anymore. I like I loved camping when I was a kid ish. I liked being in tents for whatever reason. I mainly I like just putting the tent outside. Like the house, you know, or apartment wherever we live. Like, let's go outside and sleep on the ground, <laughs> live it up. I think we tried to maybe bring a TV in at one point. I don't know. We, you know, we just being a. T- I think just putting a tent up in the house was probably more fun. I think we did that a lot. I know going over to friends' houses, uh, we'd put up a tent or make it, make a makeshift tent. There was a couple of times I think over Tati's house that we actually put up a real tent, although maybe it was just a fort. I don't, like a blanket fort or something, but I feel like we actually put up a tent inside the house. <laughs> For some reason, as a kid, tents are like, ooh, that is awesome. As an adult, like, fuck, man, that means I gotta fucking sleep outside. It's fucking gonna hurt my back. I'm gonna have to spray bug spray all over myself, like bathe in it if I don't want to be covered in bug bites. <laughs> snake might get in you know there's there's things but i do i do enjoy being outdoors you know like i like hiking i like seeing the trees seeing the the colors of the leaves change you know october is like my favorite month because you get to see those leaves change and being out like on the katy trail or something on a bike ride or or what have you and or a hike <laughs> running on trails like technical ones where there's just a lot of hills and a lot of tree roots it's it's dangerous for me it's very dangerous so it's never been my forte as far as running's concerned uh, but i promised i would do it so you know i i, I went out all in on uh trying to uh train for it so i did bang up my foot pretty good there uh, i don't know a month ago or whatever the fuck it was uh, but, uh, you know, I've, I've played it off a little bit. I think I'll be all right <laughs> facing. But anyway, um, I've got stuff stuck on my, I think I still have parts of the pizza on my mouth. That's nice. That's good information. <laughs> Maybe perhaps TMI. Uh, but, uh, I did find out that, uh, unfortunately my brother-in-law like threw out his back. He's like unable to very move very well. So he's not going to be able to uh, crew the race uh, for my sister Christy. And uh, big problem. You kind of need that stuff, you know, when you're running 100 miles. You need people there to make sure you're getting in all your uh, nutrients and stuff. Um, They have their own food and stuff that uh, I'm going to be. Well, I've got to go up there early now. Which or she has another friend, uh, Dina, I believe it was her name. I haven't met her. I, I off the top of my head, I think that's her name. She's uh, <clears throat> she's I guess big into ultra running as well. Um, I should point out too, I'm not like an ultra distance person. That I have gone one time over a marathon distance. That was 30 miles on the Katy Trail. 
totally different story. But her friend apparently has uh, has done ultras. She's big into the stuff. She's offered to uh, do. Yeah, Dina is her name. Um, that she would take over on all the stuff, and she would run the whole race, or well, do all of the pacing. If I just wanted to crew it and stuff, but now I gotta, I gotta be out there and run. I'm gonna. There's a 21 mile segment ish, 21, 22 ish mile segment at the end that uh, I'm going to be pacing for, and I intend to be there. I intend to be there. I'm, I'm a man of my word, <laughs> and no matter uh, if my foot, you know, is is bugging me a bit, uh, turf toe be damned or whatever the hell's going on down there. Um, the last few days, it, it seems like more salad. Seems more salad. I think it'll be manageable. I'll bring some shit to wrap it just in case I feel like I need it. But I think I can get by without it. Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be a long day because now I was initially just going to be there for the pacing and not doing any crewing. So I wasn't going to show up. I wasn't going to leave here, the penthouse, until like afternoon sometime on Saturday so I could make sure I ate plenty had normally what I would eat and then maybe bring something for a dinner time like uh, I was going to get uh, subway footlong and just you know plow, you know stick a footlong just in my mouth like insert it deep inside my mouth you know what I'm saying big footlong just totally down down deep inside my mouth I don't know where I'm going Something about jizz in my mouth. I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> that was my plan. I was going to make sure I had plenty of sleep. And uh, and then shit, that knowing he wasn't going to be there to crew, like without even waiting for Dina uh, to get involved in the message group, like I immediately just, you know, I didn't want to, because if neither of us could end up crewing or she wasn't going to do the race and she's been training for this race for a long time. It takes a long fucking time to train for a hundred mile race. If you're going to do it right. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I haven't done it. <laughs> I've done marathons. I know how fucking serious that shit is. And I know plenty of friends that have gone the distance hundred miles in like, it is a serious endeavor. And within a couple of days to just have to throw in the towel when you have, you're physically ready to do it. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I can't let that happen. So immediately I was like, yeah, yeah, just, you know, tell me what time we got to be there. So, <clears throat> so, you know, I can't, I can't let that <laughs> just all go to waste. And, uh, anywho, um, so, <laughs> so now as opposed to leaving afternoon sometime Saturday and having plenty of sleep, which, uh, was good because I wasn't working Saturday and I was going to. Yeah, be able to sleep in and all that stuff. Got the auto feeder. I forgot to mention that. I've got the auto feeder for uh, Agent Mulder, which I'll get into in a second. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so now I am leaving tomorrow, Friday night. I will be leaving the Slapbox Penthouse at uh, about 1 a.m. <laughs> i got to go to uh, Bass... Bass River Resort um, over in Steelville, Missouri. And it's about an hour 15 drive from here. Because I'll have to meet her, uh, my sister Christy, that is, 
over there at Bass River, which um, the race doesn't exactly start there. Um, there she can take a, bu- a, a bus, like a shuttle bus, to the start of the race, and that is where the race ends. So I am actually going to drive her vehicle, which is already loaded, should be loaded up with supplies and everything, as I'll be going from aid station to aid station. And crewing up until the point until it's time for me to run. And so that's interesting. I've crewed for people at races, but not not this seriously. The crewing I've done has been like helping other people run an aid station. And uh, no no driving. I'm just stationary at one aid station. And, you know, maybe help set up and clean up kind of thing. Not doing much effort now. This is a little bit... I'm upping my game. I wasn't expecting to do it but you know it's like boom I gotta be there it's you know (laughs) this is what you do this is the way Um, this is the way and uh, (laughs) but uh, so I'm like yeah the the sleep thing's gonna be a bit of an issue as uh, I was concerned about anyway if I had left say Saturday afternoon because I don't know exactly what time she's going to be hitting Berryman Campgrounds, which is where I'm going to be pacing for. Um, which she's not sure either. She's never ran this course. She's done hundreds before, but this is a different ball game. I don't know what I don't know what the other courses were like that she did these hundreds on too. So I'm not. But you know, it's not her first rodeo. But she's she's just not real sure what time she's going to get through there. I'm going to venture to guess that it's going to be <laughs> sometime overnight in the early morning, two, three more, two, three a.m. something like that. <laughs> Which is going to make it, you know, I was already initially like, oh man, I'm going to have to get up there and maybe try to pull a nap off or something in a car, but I wasn't too concerned, you know, going in if I just left Saturday afternoon and I got up there because I have friends and shit. Ow, as I totally banged up my other toe, my good toe. And uh <laughs> I think Agent Mulder heard that one. <laughs> oh yeah, that burns. Yeah, yeah, just mess up the other foot. That'll even me out for the race. Anyway. <laughs> uh and uh yeah, so I I'll be there I was a little nervous about just the sleep and stuff, the situation that. A little nervous. Now I'm like, "Oh shit, man. I don't know." Getting there Friday night slash Saturday morning. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to have to do more meals there. <laughs> Which they're going to have some. Sounds like they have, like, some lunch meat and stuff and stuff to make some sandwiches that uh, in the in the vehicle. I'll be able to, like, fuel myself with a little bit of that. I'll probably still pick up a, a sub or two from Subway. Myself a nice little little meal. And, uh, I've got, I, I picked up some supplies as far as some Reese's, like three bags of fucking Reese's cause they had buy two, get one free deal at Schnucks as long as well as some, uh, mixed nuts, um, dried kiwis. And there was some apple chips, some pink lady apple chips, as well as some gooey butter cake, uh, cookies, pumpkin flavor, which are pretty fantastic. If she, my sister doesn't like them, I, I'm down for it. I'm fucking down <laughs> for that shit. I don't know if I'm going to end up sharing any of this stuff. But I got some supplies of my own, as well as what they've got, of course, some stuff loaded up that they, or they will have. 
I don't, I don't know if they've loaded up quite this early. Um, anyway, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty. I guess I'm prepared as much as I'm gonna be. That <laughs> really threw a wrench into the works. Like all of a sudden, like expecting you know the one thing, and then like a day before now that I'm gonna leave, which I it was gonna be two days. I had like, and now I'm like, oh shit, okay, fuck, gotta be serious with this now. But my, the the thing that really relieves me though is that I have quite a few friends that are gonna be at different parts of the race. There, uh, there's an aid station, the Daily Run Club. The my run club is has got the aid station number two at mile fourteen or whatever it is, and uh, yeah, so they'll be set up there. And I know that uh, some people are camping out at different areas. I, I guess Berryman Campgrounds, where I'll be pacing. I imagine there's going to be a few people camping out there. Uh, and uh, throughout the way, there, I guess there's different campgrounds. I don't know if they're all going to. I'm assuming there's going to be a few people at Berryman. I'm not sure if they're all just camping out right there at what whatever the aid station uh, run club's doing there. Um, either way, though, I'll be able to meet up with some friends. And I imagine <laughs> if I need to, somebody's probably bound to help me out if I if I get into a, a bind where I'm like, fuck, man, I really need to like fucking pass out for an hour or two. Like it, sh- it should work out. <laughs> it's a little. It's, it makes me a little nervous. the The foot thing now, like you know, I was most nervous about really the, the lack of sleep was going to be a little bit of an issue. But I was like, pound of five hour energy, I'll be good to go at that time in the morning. There's a strong chance I might have to shit in the woods. That's going to be a possibility any which way you look at it. Which this could also be another reason why I don't like going on trails. Whereas the races I do tend to be on the road <laughs> where they usually have plenty of porta potties that you can uh, sneak off to and drop a deuce uh, throughout the race. <laughs> and uh, so I won't have to do that. And of course, before I knew the things were changing, uh, the, the schedule was changing, my schedule that is, um, I did go and get. Uh, the automatic feeder that I talked about. I didn't get one of the ones I had talked about last week because I looked at some reviews of uh, auto feeders online and uh, I didn't have the luxury of time to be able to order it online. Had I been able to order online, I feel like I could have gotten a much better one at a cheaper price. I fucking paid a ton of money because... I was limited to the stuff that I could get here in town. And I went to Petco first, which is the store that I usually get Agent Mulder's food and litter from. I'm a rewards member. (laughs) And uh, I went over there, and uh, they didn't have any auto feeders in stock. You can get them online, but you can't get them at the fucking store. And I didn't want to keep, you know, working 10-hour shifts. I didn't want to have to keep driving around and looking for them. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the other big pet store in town, PetSmart, which they have a lot more stuff generally. But I feel like the cat food and stuff, I kind of like I kind of like what they have over at Petco, and it's slightly closer to me. So I, I that's why I usually go to Petco. Uh, but anyway, I go over to PetSmart, and of course they have two selections of auto feeders. One was a manual one. I don't know if you want to call it manual, but it's like a old school timer 
uh it's not a digital in any way it's just like a uh like a real basic timer on this thing and it's but it said you can only have one feeding a day and that's a problem because i feed fox twice a day and i I love agent Mulder here i ain't gonna leave my boy hanging out to dry i knew i was gonna miss at least two meals (laughs) in a day i feed him twice a day and i wanted something with a little bit more their little bit more was a lot more expensive the cheaper one was the 50 dollar one which I was like, uh, you know, I didn't even want to really spend that, but I'm like, fuck, I have to have something. I, d- I don't have people that can go over to my house at 3 a.m. <laughs> and feed them more than I normally would and like to go over there multiple times a day. Uh, the only person that I have a spare key with is uh, I have it over at Megan John's house, and they're going to be at the Ozark Trail Race. So they're not going to be able to go in. I'm like, fuck, I just need to get an auto feeder. And so <laughs> I get the... I'm like, I bite the bullet. I'm like, I'm just going to pay for the one they have in stock that, that seems like it's going to do the job. So I, I got this one and it ended up being like $150. Like, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, man, I can't start the new job soon enough. I need <laughs> more funds for the penthouse here. And uh, so <laughs> I get it. And really, there's a lot of negative reviews about it. It's... um. Uh, fucking find the name of this fucker. Um, I want to say it's like Pixie. Cat it? Pixie? Uh, Pixie Smart Feeder. And uh, you connect it to your Wi-Fi. And um, there's no other... There's no, like, menu and buttons on the machine. There's only one button, really, on the machine, and that's if you set it up, you can manually hit it to eject food. You load, you can load quite a bit of cat food in there. I'm not sure what the max is. It just kind of says you can fill it to basically pretty much near the top. And it does lock, so if he knocks it over, it shouldn't, like, spill out everywhere. He shouldn't be able to get the food out unless it lets it out. But there's a button on the front of it. Uh, it you can there's an uh, an app that you put on your phone, of course, that connects up through to the feeder via your Wi-Fi, and you have to have uh, the feeder within a meter to set it up. You have to have it within a meter of your Wi-Fi. But thankfully, um, my router's uh, not downstairs. So that would have been kind of an issue, but I have the Wi-Fi extender that's in an outlet downstairs, and it was perfectly in range of that, and I was able to easily set it up. But a lot of people give it negative reviews because of the fact there's the Wi-Fi signal. It has to run off Wi-Fi, and I'm a little nervous that maybe it won't fucking work that day. I do have interference with Wi-Fi downstairs. So it was a little concerning that it might fucking throw off the feeding, but it does message me that the feeding is successful and I can just choose on the app to dispense the food. So I feel like even if it hits, I'm not here. I should be able to feed the cat even if I'm not here. Um, but uh, yeah, it runs off, and not only does it run off Wi-Fi, but it has to be the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi, not the 5. And apparently a lot of people, that drives them nuts. I believe on my router, 
It's been a while since I fucking checked out my router, but I think I have it set up to set dual. There's a 2.4 and 5 going, and I I think I had to do that to have the Wi-Fi extender. I'm not sure. I set it up, you know, a long time ago now. I don't really fucking remember. I set it up and com- completely like, okay, I need. I don't need to remember this. <laughs> but uh, anywho, yeah, it, it works. It works. And uh, I drove Agent Mulder pretty fucking nuts with it when I brought it in. I feed him at 3 a.m. and at 3 p.m. Well, a little after 3 p.m. I feed him right after I get off work. But I set up the feedings now so for 3 a.m. and 3 p.m., 12 hours apart. And uh, I had already fed him when I got the auto feeder. I fed him for the night. and uh, But uh, <laughs> I... Uh, I had it all set up, or well, I was starting to set it up. I I got it all plugged in and uh, cleaned it out a little bit, plugged it in, and uh, got the app set up. But then you have to set the portions. It doesn't have measurements at all, like, in it. And, like, when it sends it out, it doesn't have, like, a – it doesn't tell you what the portion is. that It, it doles out. So I uh, read the instructions, and it said that – there's the button on the front of the feeder. You, you hit the button and it puts out one what it calls one portion. And in the app, you select how much to feed the cat by portions. You go like, I want four portions. I want six, whatever. Feed the cat two portions at such and such time. You can just do a bunch of different feedings. In a day, you know, do one portion. One portion is like pretty small. <laughs> but uh, Agent Mulder's freaking out. Just me talking about it. I might have to put him outside the room <laughs> as uh, <laughs> he's like portions. Um, anyway, I'll give him a second. Maybe hopefully doesn't bite me in the leg. Uh, okay. All right. I guess I'm going to have to put him outside the room real quick. We'll uh, uh, pause it here. Oh, I opened up the furnace room. There's where the <laughs> water heater and all that is. I never had that open. He's he's astonished. I think I bought myself at least 15 minutes. Um, anyway, automatic feeder. I really had him losing his shit because, you know, I already fed him and I wasn't going to feed him again. Well, he's losing his mind because I'm filling this thing with his food and he can hear it. I'm like, fuck. And, uh, but I did that on the counter. I'm like, no big deal. He was really panicking. I gave him a treat. Like, yeah, it's, it's really unfair for me to do this to you. But, uh, and then I read I had to, so like, to get the right measurements, the proportions there of the of each portion, whatever. It says to hit that button and do, and, like, measure out what you would normally feed the cat and then compare that bowl to the uh, portions once you, it looks about right. So I was like... Shit, all right. <laughs> and uh, I started, I hit like one portion of the thing, like, and then he started lo- really losing my, his mind trying to go over there and freaking out. I was like, okay, I can't have you down here for this. So I go up to the music room there where I play guitar. And I walk up there. He's following me like, where are you going? Where are you going? You got some food? Where are you hiding this shit on me? And uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I opened up. The closet in there because I don't really open the closet much. The foam room, the the vocal booth that I have set up. It's like, oh shit, check it out, yeah, get to go in the closet. 
And uh, <laughs> he goes in there. I immediately run out of the room, fucking close the door behind me. And uh, he's um, automatically, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> you fucking tricked me. And he's already, meow, 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 like freaking out. And then I go back to the feeder. I'm like, let's hurry up. Let's get this done. Let's figure out these portions. And when you set that thing off, was, yeah, he's, he's freaking out already. Damn it. I bought me a couple of minutes. Um, There's a metal bowl at the bottom of the auto feeder. And it sounds like a slot machine hitting a jackpot with all the, the food hitting that metal bowl. It's, <laughs> it's like, holy shit, I won. And, uh, so yeah, he could hear it in the, even when I shut that door in the room upstairs, he could fucking hear that shit. It's loud. <laughs> and he, he started ma- meowing really loud and like he was hitting the door so hard upstairs. I was like, ah, oh, fuck man. He's gonna, <laughs> that's a good thing. He only weighs like 12 pounds. If he weighed like 30 pounds, if he was like a good sized dog, that door would be fucked. Um, but, uh, he, so I got that straightened out and then, uh, I got him all chilled out after a while. He was super excited and he was like, he could smell that there was food in there in the thing. And he's trying to put his head in the hole where the food comes out. And he's like trying to get it. I'm like, come on, how can I get in this fucking thing? It's like Fort Knox, man. Four fucking Knox. I got to get in this thing. I need some of that food. And, uh, he, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, he's doing that, and uh, he uh, he he was pretty cool about. It. He was like seriously excited, though. I mean, he was giving me some rubbing on me, like, "Oh, dude, what's going on? Oh, this is oh, you're fucking with me. Come on, come on, this is amazing. This is amazing stuff." And so, I the first alarm I had set for it to go off and feed him was three a.m. the next the next uh, morning. And like clockwork, <laughs> like he does all the time, he usually wakes me up like at least like an hour before I would normally wake up to, to feed him as he's very impatient. And uh, it was about like 2 a.m. He wakes me up. And so I put him outside my bedroom and close the door <laughs> and go back to sleep. And then uh, the alarm goes off and it says uh, feeding successful, which I didn't really need that being in the house because... Again, it was like a slot machine. It was like a slot machine. Maybe not the buzzers and everything, but it was like the change hitting the machine when it's coming out. Man, it was it was fucking loud. I could hear it up here in my bedroom. Door closed and all. Like, wow, that thing ain't fucking around. <laughs> but uh, I'm like, he definitely had to hear it. Because, you know, I play a guitar a lot with headphones on, and I crank the sound. I'm deaf as fuck. Uh, he <laughs> he's a cat, man. He can hear really well. He's not deaf. <laughs> That's for sure. I'm certain he heard it. And I didn't get, immediately get up at three. I, I set the snooze and stuff a couple of times. So I didn't immediately go down there. And uh, But he, as soon as I opened the door, I thought maybe since he, he had to have known the food was down there, that maybe he wouldn't be right by my door when I, I got up. But sure shit, he was still in the meow, meow. And I had to walk downstairs with him. <laughs> like I was going to feed him. And it looked like he had eaten some of the food out of there already. 
It's like, motherfucker, why are you bothering me? The food's already there. And I was like, well, okay, maybe maybe the next day into the feeding, he'll he'll get the fact that this thing is feeding him automatically. As he's he's getting more vocal here again. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh but again, this morning when I got up, he actually woke me up two hours early. He woke me up at one AM. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> and uh I was like, all right, I guess I'm putting you out of the room at 1 a.m., man, and I'm going back to sleep. And uh, sure enough, again, when at 3 o'clock rolls around, and I, I go downstairs, I open the door back up. He's right there, meow, meow. And uh, I haven't put away his other bowl yet because I wasn't sure how well it would work. I just kind of left it out. And... uh I left it out, and uh, when I walked downstairs, he was like wanting me to put food in that bowl. I'm like, "What the fuck, dude!" Like, <laughs> I heard the the thing go off. I know there was food in there, and I walk over to the other bowl, and again, he had clearly eaten some out of that again. It was like he was trying to trick me into feeding him again. <laughs> I'm not sure what the there was still some food in the bowl, but like he clearly eaten some of it. I don't know. It was just. He needs permission to eat it. I'm not sure what the case is, but he still needs me down there to get the food. It's weird. And he's still like super like, yeah, meow, meow. Like, I don't know. Hopefully he gets to a point where he can be like, you know what? I'll let him sleep in. This food thing, me and this machine down there, we got this thing worked out. <laughs> and maybe, you know, just 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 let me sleep in a little bit. Let me sleep in a little bit. <laughs> And uh, I think it'll be it'll work better for everybody. <laughs> I know uh, uh, Megan uh, had uh, told me that uh, her parents' cat has an auto feeder, and uh, it will stare at that feeder for like a half an hour before it actually feeds it, knowing that like it's going to go off, and it'll just sit there and stare at it <laughs> for like a half an hour to an hour. <laughs> It's like, it's going to do it. It's going to do it any second now. I feel like Fox might end up doing that. Well, will end up doing that eventually. But I feel like <laughs> it may not be good because I feel like he's probably just going to meow, the whole, stare at it and meow at the same time. He, I mean, I, I kind of started on it. It's kind of my fault he meows so much because I talk to him a lot. <laughs> and he answers back with a meow. So, we, you know, he's... He knows to meow at me to get my attention and to do shit. He's got me wrapped around his little claw. You know? Wrapped around his claw. And uh, I'm his little bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> he's figured that out. And he knows the, the right meow to get me to to act. Um. So yeah. So that's that's fun. That's That's exciting. So at least I know that he's covered... While I'll be gone for over 24 hours, as uh, I'll be missing several feedings, um, probably like three to four <laughs> feedings, and so it should be covered. I just got to make sure he's got plenty of water, and should be good. Should be good. I, he should still be alive when I get back. The litter box will probably be pretty nasty, as I usually clean that out once a day. It's not going to quite be the case this time around. Um, 
It'll be interesting to see, though, how much of the food he eats. I'm like, I'm wondering if he's going to get stressed out and not he's eat as much. As again, he's very much like attached to my hip at most most of the time. As <laughs> leaving that door open over there at the furnace, though, because like I never had that open. I've never let him in there before. It's very it looks very exciting to him. Very exciting. That seemed to really capture his attention. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, uh, and then I get through that, we get through the, the race that is everything this weekend, and then somehow I gotta find some time to get my car inspected. Thankfully, I'm only working two days next week. As, uh, as I am recording this, uh, but, uh, I... (laughs) As I'm recording this, yeah, I, I lost track as I'm getting messages in my messenger groups <laughs> uh, in uh, regards to the race and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, once I get through this, I, I'm only working two more days at my current job as, uh, damn it, he's he's got, he's coming back in the room. <laughs> and he's, his attention has been drawn back to me. As the furnace and uh, water heater seem to have lost his attention, it's not not quite as cool now. The vacuum's in that room too, and he hates the vacuum. I figured I was kind of like maybe he's just gonna see that, and like yeah, I'm, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, see here he's he's fucking saying it. He's like fuck that vacuum. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I've got, as the time I'm recording this, I've got three days left to work at a job I've been at for 21 years. Um, I did quit once, like over a decade ago, for a week. But the paperwork hadn't even gone through uh, of my me quitting and all that. So it was like I didn't quit. <laughs> I just took my vacation at that time. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to be quitting uh, and then still have to go in because I gave him more than two weeks notice too. So I've got, uh, it's it's a weird situation. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've only got, uh, let's see, 24 hours left to work there. And uh, it's, I, I'm, you know, uh, not trying not to burn bridges. I'm trying to be a little little uh little smart about stuff cuz there's I know there's a chance I could always end up back there and I don't want to ruin any other relationships with people that could uh, end up fucking up any other job prospects I might have in the future. So, you know, I'm not I'm not doing the fuck you I quit or anything of that nature. Um the kind of stuff that, you know, I would have loved to do uh in my early days, in my youth. My my like teens and early twenties. That fuck this, I'm out of here. Fuck you all. <laughs> fuck you. Who's coming with me? I'm past those days. Past those days. Uh. And uh. <clears throat> so yeah, but it is a little weird that still having to go in and meanwhile, you know try to pretend like I care about certain things that just like getting jobs done, which I, I haven't really been phoning it in. Not yet, at least. I feel like maybe the last day I'm probably going to phone it in a little bit. I mean, it'll be really hard on the last day to really give a shit. 
to really put in a hard effort. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to get the, whatever job they task me with done, but, I, you know, I might phone it in just a little bit. I'm sure, like, the last hour I'll probably just be saying byes to people, just walking around. I mean, I've worked there for 21 years. <laughs> These people are, like, closer to me than family. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I imagine I will want to say some byes and all that and everything. So, uh, yeah, again, n- not going to say fuck you. To some people, not not going to be that that way about it. That being said, though, I mean, I figured it a good time to maybe read some stories here off Reddit about what's the best job quitting story you can tell uh, on a subreddit here. Um, let's see here. This is a Pyrahus. <laughs> Four years ago wrote that... Uh, I put in my two weeks at a call center and my supervisor who was great the whole time I was there said, yeah, I'm just going to give you two weeks paid vacation. I know how done you are with this place. With your notice in, I give it an hour before you would call the first rude customer you got a cocksucker. Have a nice life, man. It's been good working with you. Wherever you are these days, Chris, good call. You are 100% or 100 fucking percent right. Fuck that place and its customers. <laughs> uh, Hold on a second. I Okay. Agent Mulder's back in here. Going to have to put it back out the room. All right. I had stopped for a little bit longer this time. I don't even remember what exactly I was talking about. I don't know. There was... Distractions as I'm getting messages all about this race, all about all about the race, all about that base race. Hey, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Little sidetracked. Damn it. Agent Mulder was throwing me off my game. Throwing me off my game. My game. As uh whew, I guess I could have went back to the recording and uh and listened to hear what I said. Maybe I'll do that here real quick. Or not. I'd have to actually stop the recording and stuff. <laughs> I got it paused. I'll figure this out. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. Um, oh, quitting. That's what I was reading the stuff about quitting. Um, <laughs> I got it off the browser still. We're cool. We're cool. I'm, I'm in the middle of this. I can do this. I can do this. I got a lot going on in the brain. The Red Bull's helping though. Red Bull. I took a small Red Bull. So I do want to get some sleep tonight. I might hit the fucking rocket Benadryl. Make sure I pass out. Um, let's see here. Devoex writes oh, fucking weird names on here, man. My brother got told it was his last day before they put him on the phone. Not smart. He spent the day screwing with people. Doesn't get real involved though. Dick Tracy says your brother was the bigger fool for staying after they told him. Big Grossman one uh, writes working in a call center, fucking with rude people for a day. Sounds like a great source of entertainment to me, which I, you know, if you, you like, fuck this, you know, it's anyway. Yeah. I can see how it'd be kind of fun if you were just going to be like, you know, I'm just going to really fucking, I mean, they're going to pay you, right? They're still going to pay you. <laughs> Might as well screw with them. 
Lou Sassoles writes, I used to see how many times I could randomly drop words like genitals in the middle of a sentence. Never got caught. We'd have these cocksuckers call in every so often demanding free shit. When they wouldn't take no for an answer, I'd put them on hold to uh, uh, talk to the supervisor. I can hold longer than any motherfucker demanding shit. They all hang up eventually. For chill people, I made it rain free shit. Dicks get these nuts. <laughs> uh, and Bucket Horseradish writes, I think I'm in love with you. I've had a similar job. It's so incredibly soul-crushing, and you just adapted to it. Amazing. Whereas Low Lou Sassels replies back, I tell you what, player. I used to end up in shit jobs like that ev- where everyone was miserable and have as much fun with it as I could. I mean, sure, I was under job stress and eating vending machine cheeseburgers every day and gaining weight like it was my second job. But I found the goddamn last like it was my first job. The actual call center job shit took barely any uh, precedence as far as I was concerned. My stats were good. I just didn't give a motherfucker. It just got to be so repetitive. I could whip through the work and get back to hijinks ASAP. Um, and uh, shit coincidence, I had a random call review come up where this lady was beast mode pissed because she couldn't get free support. Like my last post said, if you're a cocksucker, you, you ain't, aren't getting shit. This call was escalated up to me from the lower level people. I was one of the shot callers. The harder she yelled, the more you could hear the sound of my muffled laughter in the call recording. (laughs) My team manager wasn't too happy, but he knew how I rolled. Goddamn clown up in that piece, and I wasn't taking shit from no voice on the phone. Sorry for the long ramble. I've been mixing Crown Royal with Diet Cherry Pepsi all night. It's keto. (laughs) I hope so, at least. Uh... Loose assholes. This is a pretty brilliant stuff here. Where Bucket of Horseradish replies back to that, you're a legit raconteur. I could honestly just sit here and listen to you tell stories all day. Oh, this is the good part of Reddit right here. This is a... (laughs) It's loose assholes. Man, they are going insane with this subreddit here. This is a raconteur. That's some dope shit. Trying to think of some other nonsense that went on. This was a few years back. Uh... Trying to, uh, we had someone referred to as the phantom shitter. Someone was shitting on the floor in our bathroom and got brave and started doing it in front of front goddamn lobby of the building. We cracked the case, ended up being this weird, quiet dude. I still don't know what his deal was. Dude looked like a straight up serial killer, though, but the friendly kind. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> he had this goofy look and these dead eyes. Just nothing going on in there, like a jack-o'-lantern with no candle. The kind of dude you'd never expect to be shitting on the floor at work. You meet all sorts of interesting characters at a call center. No one was there because they were making the right choices in life. One of the biggest wastes of time in my life, besides old what's-her-name. You know the deal. I also gave zero fucks about their attendance policy. If you were late more than 15 minutes, it was whatever the fuck they called it. I don't know, because I didn't care. Up to two hours late, it was the same attendance point, so I just leave again and go get breakfast. 
I had this uh, other team manager that was down as a uh, fuck. So he would go into the system and remove attendance points off my record. I've been drinking some whiskey, so I don't mean to ramble. I still keep in contact with several friends from there. You almost have this bond with them because we all suffered through this stupid shit together. Oh, yeah, I get called into the big manager's office once because I took too many bathroom breaks one day. <laughs> I just looked at him like he was a moron, held up my 7-Eleven cup and told him, okay, next time I'll just hang my fat dick into this cup and walked out. They never really tripped too hard because I kept my stats good and I was a silver-tongued devil on the phone with their customers. I just noticed how many commas I use when they, the whiskey is talking. Jesus! Uh, uh, how's, how's Ziki writes? I don't know what it is about how you write, but it's amazing and captivating. Oh, dear Lord. This is four years ago. I'm hoping Lou Sassols is still around. I'm hoping that's still a thing. Um, that's nice to hear, friendo. If only everyone could be as encouraging and complimentary as that, life would be so much better for everyone. I spent a lot of time high as church bells on superhero doses of weed edibles in the evenings of the last couple weeks, reflecting on shit from the past 20 years, and that is what I thought was needed. It's terrible what negativity can do to an already fragile mind. Yeah, the whiskey bottle is almost empty. Oh, shit, now he's getting all fucking down, man. The posts are getting shorter. Um, hopefully this doesn't end in like a suicide. Let's see if Blue Sad Souls has said anything in the last, I don't know, uh, fucking year? <laughs> um, oh, shit, yeah. He's, he's still... I'm assuming that's a he. It's a, I'm reading that as a Lou. Um, still around. There is a... He's posted as recently as 15 hours ago, so probably still alive. Probably still alive. I was concerned with how that <laughs> that subreddit was going. Maybe he, uh, man, he's just keep keeps going. Um, where's the? I was hoping for some more stories here. Uh, it's all about call centers. Um. Do, do, do. Yeah. There's a, uh, but I mean, you know, I, I'm not doing anything crazy with quitting. It's just, I'm done. I need money. And th that's it. You know, I, when I started there 21 years ago, it was, uh, it was simply going to be like maybe a year thing. Till I f figured some things out. I wanted to do some screenwriting. I wanted to go to like New York, take some classes on screenwriting and shit. You know? Be a writer or something. And then, you know, shit happened. I just be, I just never left. Except for that one week where I became a car salesman. <laughs> I knew I was never going to make any serious money there. And it paid enough, you know, enough to barely get by. And then I got more things to where it wasn't paying to get by anymore, to where I need more money. And after 21 years, I feel like I know how much I'm going to make there. <laughs> I feel like there's not a whole lot of growth there. So it's, you know, no no love loss, I don't think. I think everybody understands it. I'm not I'm not doing the fuck you, I quit. But uh, here's some more stories on uh, BoardPanda.com. 30 breaking points that made people quit their jobs. 
are shared in this viral thread. Number one was getting screamed at in a meeting by some marketing jerk that was literally demanding my technical group perform magic on a completely unrealistic time schedule with almost no resources. Literally screaming at me in front of about eight of my peers, calling me incompetent. Just do your job. All that, I stood up, said I refused to be talked to like that, and left the meeting. Normally, if you just get up and leave these types of meetings, you're fired. Boss scheduled a meeting with me later in the afternoon after hearing about it, figured I'd be walked out, was told they fired the marketing guy. That was my effort. I quit moment, but the company kept me on and fired the other guy. Pretty happy. It's been a solid place to work ever since. Well, that wasn't where I was hoping that would go. <laughs> um, but I, it sounds like the right call for, for those people. I was hoping for a little more details too. Number two here. It was my wedding that I had already paid $7,000 out of pocket. My parents paid eleven grand. And wife's parents paid 23000 The day I got hired, I told them I had it coming in five months and needed the day off. Preferably a whole week after two. Came two weeks before and they said, oops, our bad. However, we can't do anything about it now. You can get married or you can keep your job. I'm still happily married. Oh, well, how long ago was that? <laughs> um, so I'm assuming that means he doesn't have the job anymore. Um, number three. My mom's... I was studying overseas, and my parents booked a trip to come out at the end of the school term, bringing along my two siblings, one who lived away from home, the other about to start college. It was a month-long trip with lots of prepaid flights, trains, hotels, plus it would likely be the last big trip we all took together. Obviously, both my parents requested and secured approved PTO, that is uh, paid time off, Months in advance, it was the month of June, typical summer vacation. A couple days before the trip was to happen, my mom's boss hands her an assignment. Mom hands it back, saying she can't take it on as she has a month-long vacation about to start. My folks don't believe in hyperbole, but trip of a lifetime would be a fair description. Boss says, oh yeah, sorry, you can't take vacation anymore. Mom says, if you cancel my PTO, I quit. Boss, blank stare. Mom handed in her notice and left. We had an amazing trip. She got a new job on return. Fuck yeah. Now that's some good shit. Yeah. Throw it down. I like that. Fuck you. I'm going on vacation. Uh, here it says, uh, we reached out to Christina Leonardi, a nationally recognized career coach, speaker, and writer who helped hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Anyway, number four, <laughs> my first job at a pizza delivery place. I was almost 18. I overheard my manager in his 40s and a few delivery drivers talking about throwing me a birthday party and spiking my drinks so they could do things to me. They had no idea I was around the corner listening. Maybe they were joking. Maybe they weren't. I didn't care. I quit right then and there. That took a bit of a dark turn. Um, uh, number five. I worked at a pizza parlor for about a year in high school. My boss was a constant source of stress for me as he was controlling, rude, and just downright degrading. One time when I went slightly off script on the phone order, he mocked me while I continued to handle the call. The straw that broke the camel's back happened on a busy Friday night. Someone came in and placed an order. I got their name and told them it would be about 20 minutes. During this time, the same customer left the store to wait in the car. 20 minutes later, they sent someone else in to pick it up. Problem was... This person didn't know the order and claimed that it was under their name. 
When I struggled to identify their order, my boss grabbed one of the giant wooden pizza spatulas, uh, <laughs> swung it full force, and shattered it over one of the ovens. After about five minutes of attempting to serve the customer in the store, I walked into his office and told him I was out. I walked to a nearby Wendy's in the snow and waited for my dad to pick me up. I'll never forget how freeing that feeling was. I'm not sure why the, the boss broke the spatula. I guess mad because he couldn't find the order. Number six, another pizzeria. I've worked at pizzerias. I missed the food. That's about it. <laughs> Goofing off. That was fun. Um, I worked at a well-known pizzeria in my city for a while when I was younger. Definitely put up with a fair amount of shit for the year and a half I worked there. Terrible managers, lazy co-workers for pretty much minimum wage. Uh, well, a couple months before I was planning on leaving to go to school in a different city, they were having an issue with hiring and firing new people because they kept hiring anyone with a pulse regardless of how many brain cells were between their ears. Back in January, I had requested the time for spring break off as I was planning a surf trip out to California. Had the time approved in writing, and that was that. Fast forward to March, they hired and fired three people in the same week, so it became apparent staffing was an issue. The schedule came out uh, for the week I had requested off and was surprised to see myself on the schedule almost every day that week. I approached the store manager with the schedule and my written approval of time off request and was like, what the fuck, dude? He then proceeded to tear up my request in front of me and said, we don't have enough people right now, so you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're just going to have to deal with it. That was, uh, week was about three weeks out, so I made a snap decision then and there and replied, no, you're going to have to make the sacrifice. I'm giving you my two weeks. I've had this trip planned for months, and you can't even ask if it's okay to cancel my trip. The last two weeks uh, go the smoothest I've ever worked there. That manager trying everything to get me to stay, and I keep saying no while he decides to retaliate in small, irritating ways. I'd had enough and decided I'm not going in on my last day to close the shop. I'm starting my spring break a day early. About 10 minutes into the start of my shift, I get a call from said manager asking where I was. So I tell him, oh, I'm on uh, I-10 heading west right now. Uh, well, when are you go going to get here? Dude, if you haven't gotten it yet, I'm not coming in. He starts going off about how he's going to have to close and work extra since he opened the store that morning, etc. I said to him, sounds like you're going to have to make some sacrifices and just deal with it. Remember that? I'll be in when I get back to pick up my last check in two weeks and hung up. Definitely the most satisfying way I've ever quit. And I think we can leave it there. There's a bunch of other ones in here, but that's, you know, this, this thread just keeps going. This keeps going. And, uh, I, I do have shit to do as uh, of course I've got to, uh, get, uh, ready for, you know, uh, heading out to a race that I'll be leaving for it. 1am <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> And uh whew, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to try to get some sleep tonight. Some sleep. I still wanna get some guitar in. Still wanna touch the old Adam Jones antique silver burst Les Paul that's hanging out over there. That oh that Les Paul standard. It's just speaking my language. Talking to me. Talking real nice. Wants my hand up and down to slide up and down its neck. Just slide it up and down and push hard. Push my fingers hard into the fretboard and make some sweet, sweet noises. It's calling me. Oh, man, and I've <laughs> I I watch so I still watch so many fucking YouTubers that 
do stuff with guitars on YouTube. Just more and more. I fucking watch, you know, because I want to learn how to play a lot of different songs now and everything. And just, I'm just so involved back into the guitar. And it's crazy that I went a long period of time. You know, I started when I was 15, a long time ago. And uh, we don't need to do the math on that. <laughs> I'm 41 now. It was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head. Let's not do that. Let's No math. Um, it was a long time. But I've gone long periods of time in that time period where I played a little to none guitar. Um, where I would just kind of put it to the side. Occasionally just pick it up, just play a riff or two. And then, you know, with no real calluses. But the last couple of years, I've really been hammered hard, especially since the pandemic. Right after Chris Cornell, too, passed away. Was that 2019, 2018? I don't remember what year that was. But it was several years ago now. And, that you know, I got back into playing acoustic guitar then. Now I'm back just just strumming away on the old uh, electrics. Occasionally touching the acoustic still. Um, but I play it a lot now. And fucking shit, I'm just so... My ear is so in tuned to different tones and like I can tell the difference now between so many minute things when it comes to like what strings I'm fucking using and what pedal and what, you know, all this shit where it's like, fuck, now that I can hear it, it's like I need these other things. I can tell what guitar they're using in some in some scenarios. Almost, maybe not quite, but... I know when I, I play my own guitars, I can tell the difference between, like, you know, the pickups and shit. I know which... I could probably listen to a recording. Of course, I'd probably remember the recording if I did it. And, uh... But I can, I can really tell that much. And I know wanting to play other music, and, like, I've been learning some Black Sabbath a lot. Uh, Into the Void. Um, I was playing Iron Man last night, which actually I was playing it on my, uh... Tom Morello signature strat which has got the uh, Floyd Rose and there's that intro to Iron Man where he's using an SG of course Tony Iommi's always using an SG and he's bending the low E string above the nut on the guitar to get that sound well when you have a Floyd Rose you can't really bend that string to re- if you bend the string above the nut it's not going to do you any favors cuz it's locked down at the nut so but i found man it sounds really great if you uh hit the uh low e there and then bend back with the whammy bar and you really oh it's just it's way easier than bending it above the nut on a normal guitar to get that sound it just it sounds nice anyway though <laughs> playing all this black sabbath I've been playing it on different strats, which I don't really have the right pickups on any of my strats to really get it to fully sound like Black Sabbath, although the diesel VH4 pedal gives me a lot of fucking uh, dirt to it. get a lot of gain, and uh, I can get some pretty nice Sabbath-y tones, especially when I drop it down to C standard. And uh, I guess it's not that different, but damn, I've always really wanted an SG. You know, it was like right up there with, you know, having a Les Paul. And, you know, if I'm going to get an SG, which I always thought, I always thought it was out of range for me to get a Gibson Les Paul. Unless I really came into some real money. And I never wanted to, 
before the Adam Jones thing. I never really wanted to get a credit card just to get a guitar. Uh, but here with a new job, I'm thinking I'll have that paid off in a couple months. I think I think it's going to work out. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, I always thought the one Gibson I'd own would be a Gibson SG. And, uh, you know, Tony Iommi is one of my all-time faves. Man, I fucking love early Black Sabbath. Like, Masters of Reality, fucking Paranoid. Some great albums early on. And just that Iommi sound. You know what? I love Halloween and stuff and just, like, horror movies. And Sabbath just really goes in with that. And just just, just thinking of that fucking intro to Iron Man. That that tone right there. You get the P90s in the SG. And especially in the songs where he's dropping that tuning down. Like Children of the Grave. Uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And, uh, of course, Into the Void. Holy shit, that tone. It's getting from that, the P90s with that lower fucking tuning. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, but holy shit. <sighs> that there is that Tony Iommi signature Gibson SG, which they they're putting out an Epiphone. They're releasing an Epiphone which is about half the price of the Gibson. Now that I got one Gibson though. <laughs> it's like, oh man, a, a second would be, you know, what's better than one Gibson? Like a second, right? <laughs> It's not quite as expensive as the Adam Jones. It's about $1,000 less. So, I mean, it's slightly cheaper. <laughs> and, oh, just an SG. The, now, what would really be great is they did release <laughs> the uh, Custom Shop Iomi version, which they only released, I don't know, it was like maybe 27 or 30 of them. And the fretboard, the shit they did to this thing was fucking dope. The neck looked amazing because... Again, Tony Iommi chopped off, what is it, two of his fingers, the tips of them. He's had to, you know, make tips for his fingers and do things to the guitar to make it easier for him to fret it. And, like, what he's onto the fretboard, it just looks so fucking nice to play. But these guitars, I last I heard, they were, like, selling for, like, $30,000 or, or something. Or no, maybe it's even seventy five. I don't know, it's a fucking way more money than I could ever spend on a guitar. And this, of course, I hit the lottery. <laughs> At least I haven't gone that crazy yet. <laughs> I feel like as long as these Tony Iommi SG uh, standards, I guess is what they are uh, considered, if those Gibson models don't sell out in, say, the next six months or so, there's a strong chance that I might end up getting one. Which is maybe not great for me to do because, you know, I still need to pay off a lot more debt. <laughs> And also, if I want to, you know, go to Ireland and stuff, like, oh, there's an L.A. trip I've been thinking about doing. I'd like to go out to see the new Beverly, the uh, cinema that Quentin Tarantino owns, and he's he goes there a lot, like all the time, and I'd love to meet Quentin there and see some fucking movies at the new Beverly. I listen to their podcast, uh, him and uh, Roger Avery uh, with uh, Roger's daughter. Um, I'm blanking. Uh, her name at the moment Gala Gala Avery um they they uh, do it they just had Eli Roth on um and it's really great they actually bought I believe I mentioned this podcast before but they uh Roger and Quentin worked at Video Archives which was a video store 
um, the video store that Quentin worked at when he wrote the script for True Romance, which he, uh, I guess it's around the same time he wrote the script for uh, Natural Born Killers as well, but when he sold the script for True Romance, he took that money and turned around and made Reservoir Dogs. Um, but he was working at that fucking video store. That was his fucking, his college there. And it's just a lot of amazing history there. And uh, him and Roger um, got the, they learned all about movies there. And uh, when the video archive shut down, uh, Quentin and Roger bought all like the whole store basically. And they bought like all the VHS they had. They are huge in the VHS because VHS actually has like the best picture quality as far as like film is concerned. It's like the closest to like actual film. And uh, so they bought out all of it and the podcast, they go through all the, only the films that are in the video archives that they have like the videos for. And they go over and most of them are, kind of obscure just like really old movies they're not like they're not going over like (laughs) et you know they're not going over like the biggest blockbuster there's some bigger films like they go moonraker is one of them i mean it was a big james bond movie but it wasn't like it's not the like live and let die it's not some of the bigger ones moonraker was just trying to like copy off star wars you know it was a big sell you know, Star Wars was fucking huge when it came out, and James Bond was like, "How can we monopolize off this Moonraker?" Um, but it's a it's a great podcast. You love movies. Check out Video Archives podcast. Um, and of course, they ha- uh, Quentin owns the New Beverly Cinema now. And uh, when they do the podcast, they uh, discuss like three movies each one, I believe. And I guess it's as the, they do that every week, every week or whatever then uh, the new Beverly shows those films there. And I believe they do some discussions there at the theater and everything. And I fucking love to just go basically hang out with Quentin, you know, <laughs> go watch the movies, hear him talk, whatever, shake his hand. And, you know, I don't know, suck his dick or whatever. Like there's <laughs> whatever he wants to do, you know, <laughs> just to be in the presence of the man that I've loved his film so much growing up with fucking pulp fiction uh true romance holy fucking shit you know reservoir dogs i mean i could go on and on um i love fucking inglorious bastards so much uh but man it would it would be so great to just fucking and this guy can talk oh it just to just to have like a minute where i talk personally to quentin would be fucking amazing so yeah i've been thinking about a possible trip out to LA. I mean, forever. Cause you know, I've loved movies and it would be, and knowing I could go there and potentially like just, just in an instant, you know, I don't know that I would have a long, long chance to like talk to him, but I know if I, like I, I, I said something that got his interest. I could have that guy talking for, you know, ever. <laughs> Although there's a good chance, you know, knowing, so much about the man and everything that like, I'm just going to be and uh, such a fan of his work that like I'm deer in the headlights. It's going to my wallet, a bad motherfucker, you know, and, like, and just turn into some kind of, I don't know. He, he might think I have some learning disability or something. 
that uh, <laughs> I'm at the wrong place. <laughs> Either way, it could it would be a, like a trip to LA. You know why not? <laughs> I don't think I want to drive around there. <laughs> uh, basically, I just if I could just fly into the New Beverly, I don't know that I want to go around LA so much. I don't want to be in a wildfire. <laughs> Or get molested. You know, there's a lot of things. I wouldn't mind going to Big Sur. Uh, maybe get a run-in. But uh, not on a real technical trail. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's about all I got. So, uh, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.